When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. A lot of excitement in the air, a palpable buzz, if you will. I, a little. Vibes are up in the city of Pittsburgh. Don't sell yourself short. Vibes there, are up in all 32 NFL cities yeah, across. Yeah, they really are. Because everybody's going 17-0, and mm-hmm. everybody's going to the Super Bowl. I don't know, maybe not like Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Vibes are a little but lower there. Hope springs eternal because they just have to go through a slog of 17 right. games, and, and then maybe Caleb they get Williams, Caleb Williams yeah. into the fold next year. Or so my guy, ex- or my guy, Michael Penix Jr. Indiana ex- yeah. transfer. Yeah, 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 big time. He's one of those guys that could throw his hat in the ring. It's, it's that time where optimism springs eternal. Whether it's on the end of the spectrum that you're going to the Super Bowl, or you're one of those teams that's just like. Maybe we can get that number one overall pick in a class mm-hmm. that's loaded with quarterbacks. There's never not an exciting year for the NFL. No, they right? do such a great job. Every sport really does this, but uh-huh. the NFL in particular does the best. with the parity around the league. I mean, like there's like three or four teams that really know they're done right now. Like for legitimately know they have no shot. You named one of them, probably the Buccaneers too. Maybe I'll throw the Commanders in there as well. Like, but everybody else can pretty much talk themselves into. We can get to nine wins, right? We can try to push this right. seven seed in a wild card spot. So everybody thinks they've got a shot. NFL is designed to do that, have parity across the board. And Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody has just gotten that hype train rolling more and more and more as the offseason progressed. I mean, after the draft class that they had, so much hype around just the names of the players they picked. You obviously don't know how they're going to translate, but it seemed like home run after home run. Then you go to minicamp, and they start to look the part. Players like Dan Moore start to say, say hold up about Broderick mm-hmm. Jones. I'm, lo- I'm pretty good myself. You go to training camp, they check all those boxes. Pickett looks amazing in the preseason games. The, offense the whole offense, crisp. right, right, right. I mean, things, are really, things really have built up in an exciting way to this week mm-hmm. one point, and I want to lead off. I want to know. I'm curious. What are you most excited about now that Sunday happens? We kick off a ball for real. You're going to find out some truths about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. We have some feelings, some hypothesis is. Is that a word? Hypothesis. Thieves. <laughs> about the fees. We have, you know, Shh, tell me your theories, thieves. Tom. My thieves is that this offense is going to take a huge step forward this year. Mm-hmm. Now you get to find out for real. So, what are you most looking forward to? Not only in that first game, but, you know, just bullets start flying for real. Who are these 2023 Steelers? Yeah, I mean, you just said it, Tom. It's got to be the offense, right? It's got to yeah, be I Kenny think that's Pickett. Number one yeah. For me. I think it's pretty much number one for everyone. It's, it's, and when you put a more finer microscope on it, it's the play of Kenny Pickett. I mean, I see, you see people everywhere saying, you know, what's the biggest story going to be surrounding the Steelers? I don't want to say the cliche thing and say Kenny Pickett, but it's hard to ignore. The, the the role that Kenny Pickett has taken. I mean, I know it's it's not as meaningful in Pittsburgh because they don't wear the patch. Uh, they like to keep those jerseys clean, but 
look what happened with just the voting of the team captains, right? That's voted on by the players. And it's I don't think it's any disrespect to Najee Harris for him kind of being taken down from his role as offensive captain last year, and now it's going solely to Kenny Pickett. I think it's just the 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 offense is more comfortable rallying around one person, and that one person being Kenny Pickett. In the preseason, it, everyone's been talking about how he went perfect uh, uh, through three games, five drives, five touchdowns, um, and he was set up nicely by his defense. He was set up nicely by the special teams, uh, but he he was he took every opportunity he could and put the ball in the end zone. I just don't think after after that you could say you're not going to be paying attention to Kenny Pickett the most, especially at the start of the season. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned the captaincies. Cam and TJ getting the defensive captains. Miles mm-hmm. Killebrew on special teams. Status quo remains on all of those. Right. Kenny is the lone offensive captain, though. Yeah, and, you and know, if you even were... dating back to Ben's days, you'd see Pouncey and Ben as captains. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't all last year. It was seven. Mitch and Najee. Yeah, it's usually a pairing uh, of two guys, and yeah, I just think it is a vote of confidence from the staff and from the players themselves that. They look at that guy as their unequivocal leader on the offensive side of the ball. But you're right. That's what I'm most excited about, too, is Kenny Pickett, you know, finally getting to see him for four quarters against the team that might be the best defense in the NFL. And that's where I kind of want to start. You're going to know right away if this offense and what you've seen from them in the preseason is for real or not. And... I don't think we can expect them to be five touchdowns every or five touchdowns on five drives good every single game. And, you know, you blink and they're up 35 to nothing. Uh, They're not going to obviously have that much success once the varsities are out there. Played a lot of JV throughout the preseason, did the Steelers starters. But it doesn't get much more varsity than the Niners. I I know, and we'll get to this in the next episode we do, Nick Bosa's absence is troublesome for them, but Mm -hmm. if you had to handpick a defense week one after seeing what the Steelers did all offseason, after seeing what they did in training camp, and you need to know one game, is this legit or is this Fugazi? The Niners are one of those teams out of a handful that you would pick for them to go up against. Uh, of course, measuring even, stick, even without Nick Bosa, the, the measuring field. stick mm-hmm. is the perfect term to apply to this game. Um, if they were to go out and say they played the Buccaneers or say they played the the Falcons, I know they didn't play their starters in the preseason game, but they do in the regular season, and that's who the Steelers open up with. Um, teams that aren't necessarily boasting the strongest defense. You'd love to see the Steelers' offense look like they did, but I think you'd still kind of have those doubts after the game, wondering, does this translate to the more elite mm-hmm. presences around the NFL, elite units defensively around the NFL? If the Steelers come out, and even if they lose the game, but the final score looks something like 31-28, to 28, I mean, you're definitely going into Week 2 saying, I believe now that this offense has turned a corner and will be able to score with the best of them in the NFL because who knows if you're ever going to see on the Steelers schedule. I don't think you will. And overall in the NFL, who knows if you'll ever see another defense that's that good. I mean, I think the only defenses that compare to San Francisco's are Philadelphia's who you won't be playing. And honestly, I think the Steelers rank up there in terms of depth and and talent, talent from top to bottom. And obviously the offense benefited from, going up against those guys throughout all of training camp. But I think your point remains, Tom, is that you're going up against the toughest defense in the league and you're getting them week one. So, uh, like you said, too, like the litmus test for the start of the season is 
as as hard of a test as you can get, but you're not going to bash the Steelers' offense for failing against the, the Niners' offense or the defense. And I don't think, I don't think that's even like a, a strong likelihood. I think obviously you have to pay respect to that Niners' defense. And if if they do show up and it's a say it's like a seventeen to three final score, people obviously won't be happy. But that's just that just shows how great that San Francisco defense is. You have to understand that you can't just go up against every opponent and say, oh, no matter what, we're we're a better team on offense and defense, and we need to blow them out 35 to nothing every single week. No, this this defense, sure, is praised because they have the reigning defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa, but the second thing everyone talks about is how deep they are and how how spread out the talent is. So even if Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa isn't on the field on Sunday, I don't think this defense is going to suffer as much I mean I saw somewhere that in his career uh spent with the 49ers Dick Bosa has missed I think like five games or or sorry 10 or 15 games 15 games they're five and ten they're five and ten in those so it's a similar kind of it's a similar kind of narrative I think the Steelers have even fewer wins and a lot more games missed without TJ Watt to be fair but it just kind of shows that even if you're a great defense, that kind of player really has that strong of an impact. But you still have to you still have to do your due diligence, and I expect Mike Tomlin to do so. In uh, in terms of game planning, yeah, they're for the rest like of the defense. Yeah, they're preparing yeah. like Bose is going to be out there. We, right. I had Mike DeFabo was on the Mark Madden show earlier this week, and he said that they got you know the pennies out there with number 97 from 49ers, mm-hmm. and, you know, and Kittle for that matter on offense too, who's a little banged up. They're preparing like Kittle's going to be out there right. too. Better as to they prepare should, yeah. for them, and then better have to be a, overprepared than have a relief when they right, don't show right. up, as opposed to Absolutely. having that oblique moment when you see them walk off the bus and you have no account. You didn't account for them at right, all in right. your game plan. Um, and that's just not something that not even Mike Tomlin, that any good NFL head coach would ever do. First in yards per game allowed last year. Second in rushing yards per game allowed last year. First in points per game allowed last year. They had the most interceptions in football, tied with the Steelers with twenty. And they tied for second in total takeaways with 30. I mean, that's elite right there. Their only, you know, weakness was they were 20th as far as passing defense was concerned. But when everything else is in one or two uh, range, you really can, you know, sacrifice a little bit in, in the passing game and, and get away with it. So it's a huge test for that Steelers offense, and I'm looking forward to how they respond to that. But just to kind of give it, you know, the full picture defensively, I think you got to look at that inside linebacking core and everything that I said about, you know, the defense of the Niners being a great measuring stick for the Steelers offense. You can apply that to the inside linebackers in this 49ers offense, because there isn't an offense in the NFL more predicated on getting a Christian McCaffrey on a Quan Alexander, right. getting a Brandon Ayuk on a Cole Holcomb. Those so mismatches. those three guys at Landon Roberts will play as well. All three of those guys are Listed as starters on the depth chart. There's an or there. It's a Landon Roberts or Quan Alexander. So they'll all see significant snaps depending on the situation, depending on the matchup. And it's, again, just an unbelievable tester right out of the gate because you know Shanahan's been trying to find the weakest point of that Steelers defense for months now. It always is going to come up inside linebacker, especially for a guy like him Mm -hmm. who uses the middle of the field so creatively who creates mismatches by moving play? No one in the NFL utilized pre-snap motion more than the 49ers right. did last year. They figure and out that shouldn't be a surprise. They if find you, out if, if you watch man, if any zone, yeah. they can create new mismatches based on that. It, it, it's their bread and butter, and 
inside linebackers who aren't up to the task can be tortured by a Shanahan offense, dating all the way back to his old man, Mike. So I, I think, you know, as we're all looking at Kenny Pickett in the offense, also have an eye on those backers on defense because everywhere else on the defense, we'll get to the secondary in a second. Maybe that's another point where you're a little shaky. But for the most part, everywhere else you're fine except for the middle of the field. And like I said, lo and behold, here comes the master of exploiting that position rolling into your stadium. So, I mean, not only do you see the offense getting faced with a stiff test, that defense is in for an uphill battle as well. Need to really be on your P's and Q's. Communication has to be top-notch against a team like the Niners, or else you'll get confused, and Ayuk will be 15 yards open down the field. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, given in recent history, Tom, with uh, – the, the lack of, of star players at that inside linebacker position, I think the worry level would still be higher than it is now, but I still think with three new guys playing at this position and the fourth guy being Mark Robinson, who we remember was a later-round draft pick for the Steelers just a year ago and is one of those guys that has been thrown into the fire a lot more than he probably expected to be as a later-round draft pick in a, in a very short two-year NFL career, you're still going to be worried. But a, a big takeaway from this from this training camp and this preseason was how much better the play of the inside linebackers has been compared to last year or even the year before that. Uh, so I, I think that there's reason to be worried, but I do think that given the rest of the defense to it, it seems to be just generally deeper at every position right now on the defensive line, you added a younger Keanu Benton, but you still have also young guys in Isaiah Loudermick and Marvin Leal. You added young pieces on, on the secondary uh, with Joey Porter Jr., but obviously Omar Khan, Omar Khan didn't stop there by bringing in Desmond King for the cornerbacks and, and Pat Pete and Shannon Sullivan and Elijah Riley even. So I do think overall this team is deeper. And again, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link for sure, but I do think the weakest link is not as weak as it once was, and I do think the supporting cast of that weakest link is stronger. So, yeah, you might see some mismatches, you know, say – devil's advocate or, or say worst case scenario George Kittle does play on Sunday and maybe he does torch the middle the inside linebackers uh on Sunday afternoon but I do think with you know Minka doing his own thing and having two guys like Keanu Neal and DeMonte Casey uh like you mentioned you know all the inside linebackers are sharing that or tag for the starters I mean same with same goes for Keanu Neal and DeMonte Casey I think the supporting cast will be able to help out a lot more than they have in the past and I think that those three new inside linebackers are an upgrade from last year. Right. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool Aid again, like we have. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing you you want to avoid so bad is so many so many positions in this on this team. Each of the last few years, we've said on the show, we we we've said, okay, well at least it's better than last year, right? I think every year for the past three seasons, Tom's we've done the thing where we com we compare on paper the 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 rosters from the team then to a the team a year ago, and we've always said, I take the team now over the team we had last year. So we're kind of doing the same thing, but I think we have better reason. I think I we're mean, right, though. Yeah, I, this, time, this time. Yeah, I think yeah. we're right. I mean, last year, Miles Garrett was, or Miles Garrett, Miles Jack was the big ad, mm -hmm. and he had so many injury problems. Quan Alexander's kind of in that similar vein. He's had a lot of injury problems. Guy probably would have been on a team already if he hadn't had the injury track record that he does. But you didn't really bring him in to be the Miles Jack, to be the number one. Mm -hmm. He's just a part of a three-man starting unit. Holcomb and Alan Roberts figure to weigh in 
just as much of an impact as Quan Alexander does, and they brought those two in before Quan Alexander even. I, I think all three of them too just they have er, they have an area where they really excel at. Elaine and Roberts is a decleter. Um, someone said on our show, Mark Madden show this week that he thinks that a, a back was forced into retirement because <laughs> of the way that he was hit by Landon Roberts and backs on backers during training camp. He, he's an old school kind of backer. And I love that kind of guy. If you have players around him that can kind of make up for his shortcomings, mm-hmm. Q Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander, who are much better in the coverage aspect of things. So I, I think that, you know, you've got your your thumper in Roberts. Maybe he can be like the Vince Williams type that you've been missing since his unfortunate um, and early retirement. Mm-hmm. Cole Holcomb's maybe your every down guy, green dot on the field no matter what. Cover guy can play uh, some good run stop as well. And then Quan Alexander, I think, is your wild card. If health permits, I think he's your best inside linebacker on the roster. If he's lost a little bit of a step or if he starts to get banged up throughout the season... I think he's still a pretty serviceable guy to throw in there for Roberts when it's a definite passing down and you need to get Roberts' inability to cover off the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they all have their role. I like what you said, that none of them are bringing are, are being brought in to be the guy like To like be Miles. a lacquer, to be Ray Lewis, to do everything. Or not, like, not even that, just to be uh, uh, the Miles Jack, right? Like you mentioned, like Miles Jack was the big name that was brought in on defense last year. Well, in this one year, Tom, what did what did Omar Khan and company do? They went out and they drafted Keanu Benton, right? They signed Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, Alandon Roberts. They went out and drafted Nick Herbig. They went out and they signed Desmond King. They signed uh they signed Keanu Neal. They signed Patrick Peterson. They signed Shannon Sullivan. They signed Elijah Riley. They drafted Joey Porter Jr. Last year, the defense added, like you mentioned, um, Miles Jack and at the middle linebacker at the middle linebacker position, and Malik Reed as an outside linebacker depth guy, as the number three guy, whereas now the team has four, they're four deep at that position. So there was a lot of, I mean, for good, for expectable reasons, because there were so few added pieces compared to last year, you you got excited over Miles Shaq, and and, and that has nothing to do, and that's not to mention, uh, the pedigree he had coming out of Jacksonville, right? He was the the Pro Bowler. He was the best player on that on that Jacksonville defense uh, for a time. And your expectations were high, but I think it also they were high because there wasn't another five guys who were brought in or two rookies or three sorry three rookies who made the final fifty three man roster that year either. So a lot of reason to get excited uh, about this year compared to last year, not just because of 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 false hope or or, or 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 unbased or unfounded optimism. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. 
Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Well, I mentioned that maybe the secondary, the cornerback room is another spot where you look at and potentially circle if you're an opponent as a weak link on the team. And maybe the Steelers felt that way themselves. The big addition of course, this past week was Desmond King, mm-hmm. uh, released from the Texans, brought in to Pittsburgh, uh, kind of similar to the way that Joe Hayden was with Cleveland. Not saying that Desmond King is about to become the next Joe Hayden for the Steelers, but just that, you know, a guy who seemingly has some pretty nice runway left on his career. He's only going to be 29 years old during this season. And a guy who once upon a time for the Chargers in that slot role was an all pro at the cornerback position, first team all pro. So, Pedigree's there, uh, potential uh, runway for him to play another four or five years at a decently high level was there. Just wasn't in the cards for the Houston Texans, I guess, and the Steelers may have benefited greatly because this is a guy that I've heard, you know, Dale Lawley, Matt Williamson, everybody that knows a lot more than you and I put together say is a slot corner and can jump in there almost right away and really can figure into being that guy. Mm-hmm. Has outside capabilities, but he really is the best when he's utilized in that slot role. And that seems to be, once he's up to speed, JPJ, Levi Wallace on the outside, and then you've got Desmond King being your third corner on the inside. And that begs the question, what do you do with Pat Pete? And it also makes you wonder, is there some maybe like some wavering on Pat Pete and his ability to play as many snaps as they maybe originally thought? Maybe they need to go even less to get more out of Pat Pete, and that's why you bring in a guy like Desmond King. I, I know Pat Pete was talking about even playing some safety to the media this past week. I mean, the good news about Peterson is he's willing to play anywhere. I think the dude would play tight end if they asked him to. Mm-hmm. He, he's certainly malleable, and you don't get that from a veteran. You no, usually don't get you get the guy Hall of Fame. Veteran. Usually, you get the guy who says, "This is what I've done my whole career, yeah, and you know I'm not going to change just because I'm on a new team and, and I'm on a new system." He have every right to. He's one of the better cornerbacks of our generation. He will be going to Canton one day mm-hmm. um, when he retires, so he would have every right to say, "I'm Patrick Peterson. I'm an outside corner." Dude wants to stay in the league effectively right. long, though. He knows he it's knows he's probably he's better served not to the slot. He's got to move s- to a safety spot. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the good news, is that you bring in the, another cook into the kitchen and you don't have to worry about upsetting the apple cart like you might have done in I the mean, past. I mean, you you look, you look yeah, exactly. I was going to say, you look at the past. Desmond King's in the status of a Mel Ingram, someone like that, that that kind of player that, oh, you didn't just bring this guy in to fill mm-hmm. out the roster. Like, this guy's going to play mm-hmm. as soon as he's ready to be on the field and you can trust him on the field. So, And it probably helps the Desmond King. I don't I, I'm not accusing him of having any kind of ego, but it probably helps him to look at a guy like Pat Pete, who's older and has higher pedigree coming into Pittsburgh and saying, well, if this guy who's going to be a future Hall of Famer and older than me is saying, oh, no, I'm going to do whatever the Steelers tell me to do, whatever Coach C tells me to do, who am I to be the one to, to voice out or to act out and say, no, I'm going to be stubborn and do my own thing and or demand to be traded if I don't get what I want. Yeah, right. If a guy who is greater than I am mm-hmm. is is putting his head down and greater doing the than work. I am, older than I am and is agreeing to do more of what the team wants rather than what he wants. That's lead by example right there. Right. And everybody will follow suit for sure um in that cornerback room. Uh, Peterson's a high character guy and 
one of several high very easy guys to see that they brought yeah. into this team and you know i don't want to say that the steelers you know had the i think the diva culture thing gets a little overblown they had some problems they had for sure. two of the the strongest examples for but sure teams deal with that all across right, the nfl of course. we just like to invent the fact that it's unique to pittsburgh mm-hmm. here i mean look at indianapolis and jonathan taylor right now yeah right, exactly so like yeah. th- people are problem child there's problem children everywhere mm-hmm. but the steelers did have some problem children for the end of AB stretch until they traded Chase Claypool last year. I'd say. Yeah, right. And now you see guys that they're bringing in like Siamalo and Pat Pete mm-hmm. and even Quan Alexander. High character, total class pro guys ready to accept their roles. All about just what they put on, on the field, nothing about anything else. I mean, Siamalo, it's pretty easy to accept your role. Mm-hmm. Your role is going to be the best offensive lineman <laughs> on the team. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's everybody that they brought in showing you signs of that culture turning that corner again and kind of getting back to I remember Andy Weidel saying in his press conference, you know, I was a Steeler fan growing up. Steeler football was a certain way. We need to get back to that kind of way. And you start to see it's it's early, but you start to see them taking the steps towards, you know, egos checked at the door. I don't care if I don't catch a single pass in this game as long as my cohort catches 200 yards worth of them and scores three touchdowns and we win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love the fact that Pat Pete is kind of leading that charge and you're seeing that kind of shift in, in a culture tone with the Steelers. One last thing to, to mention as we yeah, sit here on Tuesday, all quiet on the injury On Wednesday. Front. On Wednesday. That's we're back right. to Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. That's all right. quiet on the injury front right now. Yeah. Even better that we're at a Wednesday point in the mm-hmm. week. And a day later no in the injuries. year. Yeah. In the you hold your breath that nothing happens in practice today mm-hmm. or on Thursday. But after that, practice is pretty much done for. You got your walkthrough on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, knocking on wood, 2022, Steelers were the healthiest team in the NFL. 2023 seems to be starting off on that foot as well. That other shoe is going to drop. Someone big is going to get hurt this year. They got hurt last year. Right. But for the most part now, all hands on deck, all, you know, 53, whoever you don't give a hat to, whatever turns out to be 48, 49 on game day, are going to be available for the Steelers against the Niners. You can't say that about the team that you're playing either. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, obviously you can't. It's it's nerve-wracking, you know, when you kind of are waiting this, you know, you go into every preseason thinking, okay, you're going to lose some guys here and there. Hopefully, they're not going to be too expendable. You're not going to be left wanting, or you're not going to be left, you know, in such a deep hole without them. But honestly, Tom, the longer you go without a significant injury, the more, don't don't you feel more anxious about it, right? You're kind of waiting for that hat to fall. You're waiting for that guy to be like, you you were you were just blessed with too much of a good thing and eventually you know karma's going to catch up to you not to say that the Steelers are doing any bad karma but just the way the world goes just, just the way the league happens yeah, exactly. right so it just you don't win kinda, 30 blackjack hands in a row and then win your 31st exactly it it's just it, to me at least i'm feeling a little bit more anxious day by day without a significant injury i don't know if you feel the same way well the saving grace is they did lose the defensive player of the year last year so it's not right. like they were just all hunky-dory rolling through the season no not, no one no no, no no but i'm saying for this year yeah, yeah 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 you 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 worry about what shoe is going to drop and mm-hmm. hopefully it's one i mean it, that's it's not serious and that they can weather for a couple it years. reminds you of what happened with the sealers last year with the offensive line how is it possible that the sealers went the entire nfl season all 17 all 17 games 18 weeks without having any injuries to their starting five offensive linemen. 
Well, we'll get into some of the guys that will maybe be missing from the San Francisco 49ers side of things in the next episode and also talk about what I think is the weakest link for that 49ers team. That's on the way next. Subscribe right now to our show, though, The Steelers Standard. Every episode we do is available for you to download. Subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. We'll sink our teeth into the Niners next here on The Steelers Standard. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.